what a week of AEW. What just happened? We, we've been talking about this for weeks. Like, how on earth are they going to keep topping themselves? How are they going to keep doing this? How are they going to keep pushing it? I mean, we just witnessed Revolution, which was a really, really good pay-per-view. And now we walk into Wednesday Night Dynamite, which is a mind blower. But before we get into that, we got to talk about Elevation and Dark, the Mondays and Tuesdays. You know, obviously we got to see the, the, the Elevation, so we don't know too much about it. But I will go with what I thought was um, a good match and a talent that I need to see more. Kira Hogan, we need to see her more. I think she's very talented ladies wrestler and she needs to get some more screen time in my opinion. And the match that I liked the best was the top flight match with the wingman, just because I think that Taz's commentary might've been the best it was when he said that Peter Avalon looked like evil can evil. <laughs> so I'll leave it to you guys. That's the way I felt about dark and dark elevation. So you guys take it away. Tammy? Well, I, I agree with Rafe. I had a lot of fun with that top flight match too. So that's the only one I want to mention. It was like just pure entertainment and exactly what I needed that night. So it was good. So, okay. and I agree about Kiara, but a lot of these people, I, they're almost not like new. So we usually, we usually bring, you know, talk about new talent, but a lot of the people like Sean Dean, Sunny Kiss, Kiara, they're all excellent. So yeah, that's all I have to say. On to you, Chris. Yeah, so I think this week, Dark and Elevation were both good, but I will say we didn't really have a lot of new talent. We had established, semi-established talent. We're not talking about superstars here, um, although we did have quite a few, uh, but we didn't have anybody that was really under the radar, except for maybe one that I noticed who is new to me, uh, Session Moth Martina. Yeah. Um, in that match against Ruby Soho, she was put over on commentary as being she's been in the business for 11 years, apparently, um, which, you know, that's it showed. Uh, and the dancing that she was doing in the beginning of that match with Ruby, it cracked me up. It was hilarious. Was. Um, and then and then when things did get serious, she was really good at selling. Uh, she was very, very animated. Um very underutilized i'm thinking if it maybe this is like her first time around maybe it's not maybe i just didn't do enough research uh but i didn't really look a whole bunch on her so you know that that's neither here nor there shout out to her great job especially in the ring with somebody like ruby now there was two matches this week that stuck out to me one of them <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh uh chris statlander first of all had two matches but the one that stuck out between the two even though she won both uh, the uh, Chris Statlander versus Emmy Sakura match was, I thought, brutal, and it looked great, and it played well. It was a decent length of time the match was, and there wasn't any dead spots in it. Uh, the other match that I wanted to mention before we move on was Scorpio Sky versus Sunny Kiss. Um, not just because Scorpio's moving through and he's got, you know, other things that happened this week, but because this was a really good match. I think Scorp got to do a lot here, but Sonny Kiss looked great in this match as well. I love Sonny Kiss. Uh, the more we can get this combination of these types of performers in the ring where you never really know what's going to happen and you can't tell who's going to win or lose, I am all for that. Uh, but yeah, long story short, I say it every week. If you're not watching 
dark and dark elevation, do yourself a favor, check it out. At least go back and, and look at what the card was and find a match that looks interesting to you. You might get hooked. Um, but yeah, what a crazy week, huh? Uh, Dynamite was absurd. And, you know, uh, here's, here's the one thing I want to say before we talk too much about Dynamite. There was a lot of stuff that happened, but not that much wrestling. Yes. No. Yeah, um, no, there wasn't. Most of what happened was storyline stuff and, you know, people turning and changing and new things happening and different people getting involved, like a certain so-and-so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was a crazy, crazy dynamite this Wednesday. Um, now, before we move too much further, I wanted to try a new segment with you guys this week. I'm, we're still going to do the wrestling moves quiz. Okay. Uh, but we're going to play a little game I'm going to call Name That Wrestler. All right. Are you guys ready for that? So I'm, I'm nervous. Give you, I'm new I'm at wrestling, so I don't I'm, know how well I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple little pieces of trivia about this person. Um, and then we're going to see if you can tell who it is. So this individual is 31 years old. They have a current AEW record of 42 and 22. They have been a tag champion in promotions like CZW, GCW, GFW, Impact, HOG, WOW, and WrestlePro. Um, the extra hint on this one is this individual uses the blockbuster as a part of their finisher. Rafe, I'll let you go first. Who do you think it is? Oh, my gosh. 48? So they've been in a... That's the AEW oh. record, right? So the, they're 31 years old. The record is 42-22. And that's their AEW record. That's not their career overall. Is it Ethan, is Ethan Page? Is that your guess? Yeah. Before I tell you whether you're right or wrong, Tammy, throw something out there. Oh, my goodness. We're talking about a tag champ in just about everywhere they've been. Wow. The blockbuster is the finishing move. It's part of their finisher. It's a combination finisher, and that is a piece of it. Oh, I love this trivia oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's I'm, it's going to be it's, so obvious after I say it. Okay, I don't want to hold things up. Nine. So, okay. Eight. Uh, Caster. All right, so we have Caster and Rafe, you said. Ethan Page. Ethan Page, I'm sorry, you are both incorrect. The gentleman in question is one Santana. Oh, oh you know what? Santana crossed my mind, but I was like, A no. tag team yeah. legend. Oh. I don't know why I picked Caster. That was like the stupidest one, but I got like so stressed out. with like, No, no, I mean, think I about it. I was guess. thinking he could be 31 years old. That's what I I was like, that's a good age range for AEW. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I think he's 31 and it might be a surprise like answer. And I was thinking blockbuster. I don't know why, because I was thinking boom box blockbuster and it just all my wires crossed, but I love that. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so Santana does the blockbuster as part of it. Ortiz does uh I forget which thing he does, but it's their cool tag finisher that they do. Um, uh -huh. And his I'm going to become a better person. knowledgeable person now because of this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have wrote down the whole thing and which part was Ortiz. So I'm going to do that next time. I'll be a little more thorough. But yeah, not that, bad for week one. So that's for, cool. that, for Name That Wrestler, Tammy Zero, Rafe Zero, 
Uh, and we'll we'll see if maybe you guys can redeem yourselves when we get to the real or fake later. Okay. On. We'll All right. That uh, probably towards the end of Dynamite because we got a lot okay. to talk about. Yes, we do. So opener, we have the Jericho Kingston speech, and then uh, okay. We all know what happens, right? Were, were you? I, were, I was completely shocked. I know Tammy was completely shocked. Chris, were you completely shocked? I saw this coming 800 miles away. Did you really? Listen, whenever Jericho goes out and gets mushy like that, some bad shit is about to go down. <laughs> um, because everything he said, I feel like, was mainly true. Match of his career, maybe not. Cause he did say, you know, you've given me the match of my career. That part, I was like, mm, maybe not. You've had some great matches. This might not have been up there with all of them. Um, but everything he was saying about Eddie Kingston and all of the uh, accomplishments Eddie Kingston had and all that stuff. I think that that's kind of Jericho's way of, listen, I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to put you over before I put you under basically. Um, so I felt that coming from the beginning. And then what I didn't, what, what surprised me was who came out and how this played out. Um, you know, <laughs> Daniel Garcia and 2.0 of all people. <laughs> this, this is why Jericho is a genius. He knows when someone is absolutely on fire and about to blow up, right? Right. We've been watching these guys talking shit about him, whatever. Giving him praise as well. Right. Um, Squarehead. There's, there's no, this is not lost on Jericho at all. This was absolutely, it played right into his hands. Um, now, Santana and Ortiz, when they came out originally for the save and all of these things were happening, I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then he turns on them. Uh, and then Jake comes out and I was like, oh, thank God, Jake's going to fucking step in here and make some sense of all this. And then he turned. <laughs> And that, that all surprised me. But I knew Chris was up to something absolutely for sure from the get-go with the whole heartwarming speech. And, you know, and then when he, there was one particular moment when he said, um, Eddie, if you're here, I'd really like you to come out. And he, 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 he hears the music and he goes, oh, okay, thank goodness. And he's clapping. And I was like, oh, he does not, this is bad. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've told you guys before, heel Jericho is like top tier heel. Like this is, this is big shit. He's, he's not gonna be nice again. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stays super dick for the rest of his run in AEW. Really? Yeah, now, sure. why he's so much better at it too? So you feel that he picked Garcia in 2.0 because you think Garcia is going to blow up? I think the combination of those guys are. I, I don't think they're going to be splitting them up anytime soon, and if they do, uh, it's going to be a part of this storyline, maybe. Um, but I think that Garcia might be. I don't think he's on track for like a world title run, but I think he's definitely looking at a TNT title run soon. And I think 2.0 are definitely going to have their hands on those tag belts soon as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like they were without a story for a little while. You know yeah. what I mean? I kind of felt that too. I was like, well, man, I'm seeing them a lot, but they're really not getting incorporated in here. And then, you know, you saw them kind of going against Jericho for that 
brief moment there. Yep. Remember when they heard that, that feud with Jericho and he was calling him squarehead and all that? Which didn't make any sense. There was no reason yeah. for that. I remember bitching about like, why is this even happening? Yeah, and it didn't make sense for a little bit. And then this is why. Right. And I was like, I thought Matt Lee was just, he's such a great actor in the ring. You know, he's such a great character in the ring. I'm like, well, they got it. And he's hilarious on BTE. I mean, when he's going around, like when he was like the belt of BTE, you know, that ridiculous belt that he was like the champion of BTE. And they had that whole belt thing going. And then he was playing cards with Adam Cole. I mean, he's, yeah. he's funny. They're yeah, funny. He really is. Yeah. I mean, he, he called himself the bread that doesn't toast. I mean, <laughs> how much funnier is that? I mean, that's hysterical to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I was glad. I'm glad to see it, you know, them in this. But I certainly was not expecting. I certainly was not expecting any of it. Tammy, I know. I know you hate Daniel Garcia with a passion. <laughs> I saw the buildup to this whole Jericho thing, but I was really shocked and really pissed when it was Garcia. Like 2.0, well, it's really just Matt. He's hilarious. I agree with all of that. He entertains me to death. I don't mind him at all. And I always feel like Gar like Garcia is nothing without them. The other dude in 2.0, I, he's, I can take him or leave him. I forget his name half the time. Jeff, Jeff Park. Jeff starts with Jeff, J, John, whatever. I know, but it's really Matt's the star there. But I agree with Chris. I can see like they've been pushing Garcia all the time. It's always Garcia or Garcia, even though like I don't care for Garcia, but you got to love, you got to love to hate somebody. But, but, but techni what? technically he's a great wrestler, Garcia. I know his character yeah, stuff. I, I don't really care about that, Ray. Really. He's a good wrestler. I don't know why you think I do and you felt like you needed to say that. But um, I don't care how good or not good you are. It's a vibe, okay? It's this never about how good they are or how bad they are. It's them. Wow. I don't like face, okay? And you know what? So this is my notes that were in the moment. Did you say I don't like his face? Yep. Oh, my God. So as my notes are scribbled in real time. So at first, I don't know what's going on here. So first line is, what a dramatic reconciliation. <laughs> and then, fuck Garcia. And then what? Question mark? Excla exclamation? Jericho, what the fuck? No! I never liked Tager anyway. <laughs> I hate this. this. This is war! She was so. She's like, this. And I've never seen that song again, except but, for when I'm on the Jericho cruise. <laughs> she's not. The cruise is still on the menu. <laughs> oh man. Well, actually, I will sing the song because the thing is, the song fits perfectly with the storyline. This it's is then, why it's so perfect. It's that's that's the perfect song for the storyline. And you know what? I was expecting him to turn and all of these things. Garcia was my shocker. It was like, you heard my notes. I don't think I need to say anything more about my feelings about it. I think we all are clear on that. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so I will throw one last little thing in here. Before the whole thing happened with 2.0 and everything, I thought after the handshake, Santana and Ortiz were going to come out and turn on Eddie uh, because they have this history of they're friends. They're not friends. They turn on each other all the time. This goes back to like LAX and all these other promotions they've been in together. Okay. Um, 
So that's what I was expecting. So the whole thing with all these other people involved really threw me off. I suppose now the inner circle is absolutely dead. There's nobody left. Sammy's gone. Uh, Santana and Ortiz now certainly aren't going to be a part of it. Um, Jake and Jericho are part of the Jericho. Can Jericho, can Jericho appreciate himself? I mean, obviously he does, but can he be a part of that? Like, or, or is this his, just his crew behind him now? This is just his crew behind him. It's the so Jer- he's Jericho and they're the Jericho appreciation society. Oh, of course. He's a lead singer. Come on, man. You know what? Right. Fair enough, Garcia. Because then you're 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 the behind the scene of the person. <laughs> She's still mad at him. <laughs> she don't care about nobody else in that fraction except Garcia. That, that is the point of this business. If you can make somebody feel something strongly, you're doing a great job. Exactly. My father taught me well. He said one time, you gotta play, put your heat somewhere. Well. Daniel Garcia is getting it. I can tell you that. <laughs> He's got a big target on him right now. <laughs> he does. Oh. So what I've learned and what I've come to love about this air arena of wrestling is that, you know, things could change. We'll see, but I doubt it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can change at any moment. I, like I said, I was not expecting, I was not expecting it at all. I mean, just because I've been in the arena when they were singing the Jericho song, I just can't see him as a heel. I couldn't see I mean, I know he was a heel before, and I know he's done some of that stuff before, but I just never saw expected him to be a heel as much as he's beloved every time he walks into the arena. That's the thing about Jericho, though, is even when he's a heel, his reception doesn't change. People don't like him any less. They love him more because he's such an asshole. Right. It's something, it's something kind of unique to Jericho, actually. Like everywhere he's gone that he's been horrible, people eat that shit up. I'm I'm included in that list of people. Uh right. I love this version of him. Right. So I think what do you- it probably taps into our psyche of something like we'd love to be that way in certain moments, but we we wouldn't. So we need we have that archetype to do it for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where do you think they're going to? That's take why this? you love MJF, Rafe. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I love MJF. Are you kidding me? Look, mid baby. <laughs> I, I mean, need to find my heel spirit animal now. So now, where do you think they're going to take this? Where do you think they're going to go? What, what anybody can predict the next match for them? For who and for who? Let's say Jericho. I mean, is Jericho going to take a run at it? And his last, I know he extended his contract for a couple of years. Is he going to rock? You know, is he just going to kind of stay there and just wreak havoc, or is he going to try to run for a belt? Or is he going to? I mean, here, here's what I see probably in the near future is Eddie Kingston with Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and 2.0, or Jericho Hager and Daniel Garcia. or it's going to be Eddie and Santana and Ortiz go and get two more partners. Mm-hmm. And they might even be surprised people. Uh, they might be new people. Um, but this whole thing is going to be this feud, I think, for a little while. I think we're probably going to see this play out for a couple of weeks at least yeah. before any of them moves on to doing anything else. Yeah. What do you think, Tammy? Where do you think this is going to go? I don't want to speculate right now. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So then after after that whole shocking debacle at the front we had the punk mgf recap they did that whole thing um which you know okay they had to i i don't know where that's going to go that's going to be interesting to see what's going to go what's going to be in store for mjf i think 
Punk is going to be going after Hardy because I think they want to. There, I, I was reading that they've they had an old feud way back in the day, so Jeff Hardy's going to get in on Punk at some point, I think. But where does this lead MJF? I mean, any thoughts on that, Chris? Well, so I've been thinking about that as well, and this also pertains to Wardlow, uh, and with the FTR segment that was later on, the Pinnacle is now disbanded too. I know. Um, Wardlow's no more in there. FTR has fired Tully. I don't right. know if Tully's still a part of of the Pinnacle, or if FTR still a part, part of the Pinnacle, or if the Pinnacle's still a thing. Um, MJF wasn't there to tell us. I don't know what happened to Spears. I think he's dead somewhere. Um, <laughs> this this is like the end of two very big factions for a very long running feud. So for MJF, this is kind of a hard reset. Um, they could really, I mean. Who Punk's going to move on fairly quickly. I, can I think guarantee so. you that. I yeah. don't think Hardy is the first thing on the list, but I've yeah. read the same stuff. They're definitely they're definitely coming to that at some point. Um, yeah. But as far as MJF goes, I, that's a good. It's a great question. Where does it put him now? Because he's not in a title picture right now. No. Um, and and if he is, he's going to have to fight Wardlow for the TNT title. Right. Because I think Wardlow is going to take that off a of score. Um, as much as I love Scorpio Sky, I feel like he's more of an interim champion. Um, and I think Wardlow's going to get that belt. I think MJF's going to probably interfere in that match somehow, and it's going to come down to the two of them. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't see him going in after anybody else as far as, like, faces are concerned. I mean, he could, but then they'd have to create a whole new storyline. And obviously they haven't finished the MJF Wardlow storyline. Cause I mean, he slapped Wardlow in the face, you know, Wardlow's going to want to get some power bombs in on old MJF for that. Tammy, where do you think they're going with, where do you think, what's the future for MJF? What do you think? I don't know. There's been a lot of new signings lately. So I think that's why I don't want to speculate too much. There's been so many new people coming in that I need to get a better sense of to see what would be interesting so um but definitely i agree with everyone else as far as like there the story isn't done yet there's still stuff between him and wardlow and all of that so i think that that will definitely come face to face with you know all their issues or, or there's got to be a match between them there's got to yeah. be right. um um other than that i like i said there's been so many new people introduced that i just really can't tell yet like who would be an interesting intersection with MJF? So I don't well, really. It's you know, there's so many storylines that they can they can they can beat it down. So that's that sounds good, man. I mean, I, I and I kind of agree with you, Chris. I think that Scorpio is going to be like the shortest history of of TNT champion, yeah. and then like Wardlow's going to take it because they've been setting up the Wardlow thing for so long. I just can't see him. Unless MJF makes him lose. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The inter when you were saying interfering, that's what I was assuming you meant. Whoever right. said that, that it was like he's going to interfere in Wardlow's match. I could see that happening. Yeah. Like, I don't they know. Don't... What is the shortest run, Chris? Like, do do people get it and then next week lose it? Like it feels like yeah. such yeah. do you think that happens? I mean, okay. in, in the industry, yes. In the okay. business. I don't know that AEW has had any super short-term title runs except for maybe cody well now when he had it in between yeah 
when he had it in between. That one, yeah. But what I feel yeah. is like it seemed like people really wanted Scorpio to have it. And are, aren't you, um, I mean, don't you sort of at least include like the mass emotion over things here? And, you know, I just like, for me, like I, Scorpio and Ethan, when I started last summer, did some wrestling matches and I liked them. And then they became super boring to me. Like they got overshadowed by Lambert and they weren't having their own personality. And yeah. so like, I didn't get attached to them. So like other people I think are more attached cause they saw them more before I did. It was like, I kind of saw them at first and it was cool. And then I didn't at all. Like I never saw them wrestling anymore. And I just saw them coming out and monologuing with Lambert. And um, so like, I'm not that excited about this title right now for Scorpio just because there isn't the story and there isn't that emotional connection but there is with other people and they are really happy he's the champion so to me it's like weird just to take it away and give it to Wardlow because I think people felt like it was a long time coming is what I got the 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 gist of with Scorpio Sky so it'll be interesting so it makes sense that MJF would interfere so that Scorpio can hang on to it just a bit longer but um yeah like and, I, think, and, I think they could like really ride out getting Wardlow a title for just a bit longer too. Like we just need to enjoy him as his free self now for a little bit. Yes, I think I think you're right. I think fan service is a huge reason why Scorpio is the champ right now because they do have more interesting characters that are in line for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one one easy and sort of lazy way to do this would be to have MJF interfere in Wardlow's match with Scorpio. Uh, Wardlow loses because of that. Then MJF and Wardlow have to have a match to see who the next contender is going to be for that title. And then maybe it's a rematch between Scorpio and the winner of that. Um, And that kind of gives Scorpio a little bit longer with the strap. But there's also, I don't, how many other people are vying for this thing right now? They got a long line of contenders waiting for the TNT title. Um, And Miro has recently resigned a new contract. He's not gone. Um, We've got, we've got a lot of stuff in 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 aew right now that can push this picture away for a little bit maybe bring it back um there's there's no reason to think that it has to be immediate right and here's here's another thing that we also have to keep in mind it seems like they flip-flop between the stats and who's popular yeah and i think that that's it feels like since scorpio sky had the longest winning streak out of anybody in AEW, they said, oh, we have to kind of stick with the stats again. Let's give him the belt. Or they were planning on giving him the belt because of that. But it seems like the stat shit goes all over the place and it doesn't really matter. Well, that's that's where it's tricky. That's where the suspension of disbelief comes into play because as much as they want to say, yes, we rely on stats, we rely on stats, These these everything is predetermined. Yeah. So they know months in advance who's going to have what stats. They're building these stats that way for a reason. Um, right. So they're putting their 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 records and everything behind people they think are going to make great champions. And then when you suddenly have somebody who comes in and the fans just go ape shit for, then you have to say, okay, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be we make the fans happy because they're obviously screaming for this? Or are we going to take this time that we built this person up and the fans love them too? But this person obviously came in out of nowhere and just blew the fuck up. So we can't ignore that. Um, that's this kind of weird sort of tightrope they walk with this. And and honestly, if they followed rules and all that shit anyway, 
Mm. Tag team matches wouldn't look the way they do in AEW. A lot of stuff wouldn't be ignored in AEW. The refs in AEW sometimes must be the dumbest people on earth. Uh, because I swear <laughs> to Christ, there is more cheating in AEW than I think any other company. Like, everybody cheats. There's always somebody that's got a weapon or a fucking friend or something. Like, every yeah. match almost. Yeah. Uh, and it's distraction after distraction, run-in after run-in. People are allowed to get involved in matches, and there's no DQ. Like, it, it's... It's all very weird, but it's fun to play along. You know, right. it's fun to go along for the ride. But I, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's reasonable to assume anything is concrete in this company. Yeah, I would. I mean, I really, I'm starting to feel that way too. Because it's like I remember when we first started getting into it, and I started doing my research behind the scenes on the AEW. I can't read that, Tammy. So, what? Still can't read it. It what says it all say? elite AEW wrestling on it. <laughs> What does your notes say? No, just keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh. Turn your camera off. Or just say, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. But the way that I look at it, it's like, so I was doing the research and I was like, okay, there, there was a, a lot of things that I read that said, hey, we're going to use the stats. The stats are going to be part of this whole thing. And then the more I started watching, I'm like, the stats don't mean shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't I mean... People that are getting title shots aren't even on the like half of them aren't even on the board. You know but where mean? they differentiate there from other companies is they do recall the stats a lot, a lot more. Um, most of the other promotions, you don't hear, oh yeah, this person's had X amount of matches this year. They've won this many matches this year. Versus they've had this many wins in their career here at AEW. Like a lot of companies don't do that because it's like whoever's over is over and they push whoever's big. Right. right. Um, AEW at least tries to pretend and play along like wins and losses matter, which I do think is important um, yeah. because your wins and losses, yes, they're predetermined, but they also do come from a starting point of this person is great. They are an excellent performer. People are going to get behind them and then they help build that. So it's like the stats do matter. Uh and, and honestly, when, when they're pushing somebody and they don't succeed as much, you notice that person start losing. And it's for a reason. It's yeah. so they can't have that record anymore because they don't want that person to have a reason to say, well, look, I won all my matches and I didn't get a title shot. Right. So That's true. It's, it's a catch-22 all the way around for everybody involved. Yeah. Cool. So then Dante and Hangman, which was an interesting – I wasn't really expecting this kind of match, but I thought it was a good match. Where did um, it come from? Why I, did this even happen? I don't know. It was I, weird. It was so odd. I thought I, it felt like an odd match to maybe set up more shit with Adam Cole, but I mean, he didn't have to necessarily wrestle Dante. So when I like, so I, as I was watching this, like about halfway through, I'm like, is Dante going to team up with Hangman? Is this what this is? You know what I mean? Is he going right. to like pull that story, Ryan, where he pulls Dante away from Brian Danielson when Danielson was trying to form all that stuff with those young people? I'm thinking, is that what he's trying to do? Or is this just a match and this is helping Dante get over because Dante did a good job in this match with the AEW world champion? Is this pushing Dante more? I felt that it, it pushed Dante more. It, because I think the people really like Dante and the more that they push him over, 
um, the bet, you know, the more popular he's going to get, his brother's going to get popular too. You're going to have top flight. Those guys are going to be able to do singles matches and they're super fun to watch. I mean, Dante's fun to watch. I mean, at, at any level. And I think he did a great job against Adam Cole. The thing about it is it definitely, the cool part, the coolest part that I felt about this match was the fact that everything Dante threw at him showed the veteran savvy of of hangman countering every move and i thought that that was really cool the way that they did that and that's why i enjoyed the match as much it was like it, it was kind of like adam page being like all right i'm gonna you're i know you're a great wrestler but i kind of know what you're gonna do and i'm gonna counter your moves but hey man use this experience and just go get better that's the way this match felt to me tammy what, what how did you feel about this uh, I don't have as much uh, intellectual notes about it, except for I thought it was an odd pairing when they came out, but I thought it was enjoyable. I liked the fun moves. I liked the counters they did. I thought it was interesting. And it's some, it's one of those ones when you see a mismatch and it ends up being kind of fun and interesting. So, um, and of course, you know, Hangman gets the buckshot at the end, but I don't know. There was a sweet monologue to Dante and I don't know. When you know Adam's running his mouth and all that, so I don't know. I liked it. I, I, yeah. I it was unexpected, but I liked it, and I don't, I don't have anything deeper to say about it. Chris, okay. Um, so yeah, it was a weird match to put together. Uh, the one thing I could think in hindsight is maybe they're going, okay, well, Top Flight's gonna gonna start doing tag team stuff again. They're gonna be big again. We did kind of set Dante up for something important. Um, and we don't want to just completely ignore that he had this great singles run. So let's put him out there with the champ. Let him have a good a good wrestle, if you will. Um, <laughs> and uh, let him do his thing. Um, and then, you know, Hangman kind of acknowledged it at the end. Like, hey, man, you came in here and nobody. You wrestled all the way up to the world championship. Uh, you did a great job. You know, on national TV, that was a good thing for Dante. Um, I think the match kind of was a throwaway other than that. I can't see any reason for it. Um, which is a shame because it's not like they couldn't have done something different with these guys. Sure. Uh, so hopefully it was to kind of give Dante a little bit of extra light that maybe he wouldn't have seen. Uh, I was very disappointed that Adam Cole came out with this bullshit and we're have another mixed match with fucking two partners of my choosing, two partner of your choosing, whatever you're going to do. Like dude, we've been there, done that with these guys and Adam Cole should he should he shouldn't be relegated to this like whiny baby bullshit that they've got him in right now yeah. he's a much more badass person than that and can be at least uh so yeah i'm not a fan of this angle I, i'm ready to move on with page onto something new uh because he is the fucking world champion you don't want to keep rehashing the same guy for weeks and weeks and then you move on to another person it's stupid yeah. it doesn't make um, sense and it's a waste of TV time, honestly. But, uh, you know, that led into some other interesting things throughout the night. So maybe I should not put on too much judgment until we see how this all plays out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that he picked the Jurassic, that Hangman picked Jurassic Express to be his tag partners, that throws a big monkey in the wrench with the Dark Order. So There's a whole lot we're going to talk about when we get to that. All right. So then after that, we had Danielson, the Danielson mocks. Versus the workhorsemen. Apparently, these guys were already a tag team. I, I guess on the so. Indies. 
they were running the circuit and they're they're a really good tag team i had no idea until i watched it back right. i was watching it again and they put that over on commentary like yeah, yeah he's normally one of the wingmen <clears throat> but these guys are a tag team on the indies and they do great blah blah, blah. i was like really and they're called the fucking workhorsemen right like that is the shittiest, shittiest weird name you could come up with for for one guy who's already in a stable right now and another guy who I don't know if we've ever seen an AEW before. Never, no, never. Like, never give him a new name or something. Put him over as something new. Not, not what the fuck? I know. Yeah. That was weird. But, but we got Brian and Mox. Yeah, I like the match because I love watching Danielson and Mox just pound the shit out of people. They're the most physical wrestlers that AEW has. And the way that they just beat on people really is convincing that they are powerful uh, forces to be reckoned with in AEW. Uh, Tammy, what did you think? Well, I just knew when they came out what was going to happen. So it was just like, you know, they took them out with intensity. I thought they were a fun duo and I'm kind of, I'm kind of cool. They decided to partner up because it's going to be some fun matches. Yep. And then after that, William Regal comes out and basically tells that Brian Danielson is the perfect wrestler, which in many sense of the words, he really is. If you look at it in a technical standpoint, I mean, he. No, he just I don't is. know enough about wrestling, so can't tell. Uh, and so, I didn't go by what y'all say on that I, one. Ask I, me five years from now. <laughs> and how Mox is a wild man, and um, and I guess William Regal went over his time, and he might be having some health issues. So he's really kind of like most of the shit that he said was true. That he's not long for this world. So. Uh, so, so go ahead chris yeah well go finish what you were saying first because well, i yeah i'm going to talk about that too uh, basically what i was i'm just kind of setting it up um i liked his speech i like the fact that he 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 can kind of like he's kind of like seems like he's setting the bar to create more brian danielson's in aew and that's the impression that I got when he came out. And that's the impression that I got when, they, when they've signed him now um, after that. And like the Brian Danielsons and the, and the John Moxleys, like those are going to be the two archetypes that William Regal is going to take and use and create in AEW. So I think it's cool because I like I'm really starting to like that style of wrestling a lot, uh, a lot more than like some of the showy stuff. I like that technical, just brutally beating you down type of thing, because I feel that it's more uh, uh, convincing. It feels like when I wrestled in high school and shit like that. So it's kind of more of that vibe. It's kind of like a legit win with things. Why are you chuckling? Stop your chuckling, woman. Because you hated it. I did hate it. You hated it. I've heard so much how much you hated it. Now you're like, oh, I love it. I never said it. Wait, did I ever say I love it? I said it was nothing but drama and drama all these years. Hold on. Just because he hated doing it doesn't mean he doesn't enjoy watching it. Right. Exactly. I like the technicality. He did not enjoy watching it either, Chris. But he does now, Very nice of you. All right. I need to step out of this conversation. So, anyway. Go ahead. All right. Listen, listen. Of course. So Mox and Danielson make a beautiful tag team. Oh, first of all, because perfect. You have, you have this sick, crazy, know everything, proficient, like 
I can do I can do mat wrestling. I can do flippy dippy shit. I can do like a billion submissions. You have all of that in Brian Danielson. And then you have a guy like John Moxley where it's, yeah, you go ahead and do all that shit and I'm still going to beat the shit out of you and you will be bleeding before we're done. You might be unconscious. I don't know if you'll still be here. I'm not sure, but I'm walking out. So yeah, yeah, show me your stuff there, champ. Um, these two guys together are definitely like, I think you're right, Rafe. I think you definitely have like the archetype structure there of what William Regal is going to bring to AEW. He's going to create more Brian Danielson. He's going to create more John Moxley's. He's gonna he's gonna pull the the beast out of everyone and find their strengths, amplify those, and eliminate weakness. Um, my disappointment in this whole deal was William Regal. Just I uh, nobody was prepared for him to have a seven hour and fifteen minute promo, um, and I think maybe it was a little much. I think I think he was excited. Given given, given Brian Danielson a twelve minute hand job was a little much. Um, and then he gets to Mox, and it's like, you know, you're one of the baddest some bitches I ever met. Anyway, and it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just kissed Brian Danielson's ass for 15 minutes, and then you just wink at Mox, and that's it? No, 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 no. We need to fix that. Um, but the other side of that was William Regal talking about, you know, I'm not long for this world, whatever he was saying. That was kind of fucking weird. And then, Ray, if you read, I saw the same stuff earlier this week where a lot yeah. of people suddenly were concerned, like, oh, shit, what's going on with him? Is he, he's 50-something. Like, what? Huh? Is he okay? Right. Something it, too. So from what I understand, it all comes down. It all comes down to this podcast with, uh, I guess he did Jericho's show. Um, and on that show, he talked about some health issues that he had had. Uh, and that's where the rumor started. But it turns out from 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 what Will, William Regal has said, he was talking about shit that happened in 2018. Uh, and he's oh. apparently in super good health right now. But he did apologize for his timing. And I think maybe one, he was excited to be there uh, Two, He hasn't had to cut a lengthy promo in a very long time. Um, and three, this is probably the first time that somebody didn't hand him a script and say, here's exactly what you're supposed to say. Memorize this. Right. Um, he can do this job very well, but it's been a long time since he's had to practice. So I think we're going to see better from him in the future. I think this was just a very long, I'm happy to be here speech. Um, and it's unfortunate that it, everybody was so confused about it for a little bit. It's unfortunate that John Moxley maybe got overshadowed here. Uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It was cool, though. I'm, I'm always happy to see William Regal on TV. This This guy, I remember him from... Years and years and years ago, decades, I've been watching him do shit. So it's it's wow. really cool, man. And it was it was nice to see him. And I like these three together. I think this is this is going to be big for the business. Absolutely, I think. And it's you cool. know what? Mox doesn't need anybody to kiss his ass. He doesn't. That's fair. But he doesn't need any of that shit. But the whole time you got him standing there waiting for you to shut the fuck up, right? Like at least say something nice about the cat. Like he's out there pacing back and forth. Even he got tired of pacing. And that's what he does all the time. But he hits some bitch back and forth and back yeah, and forth. And a couple of times you can see him looking like. That's just done? boredom. Like I'm, I would like to go now. Um, yeah, you're right. He doesn't, he doesn't need anybody, you know, praising him or anything. But yeah, that shit was mid. <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right. On the other side of that, Brian 
Anderson deserves Uh-oh. to be talked about all the time. He is, he's one of the kings of the business. So Yeah, dude, he, he really is. So then we had a little quick uh, thing with Dark Order and Jurassic Express there, and he picks Jurassic Express over the Dark Order. He's like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to pick, blah, 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 blah. So we'll see how that develops. And then we, it was quick and fleeting, quick. but it was important. It is important. Hangman walked up and apologized to Alex Reynolds for the shit that happened at Revolution where he pushed him and then actually got beat up and all that shit. And then it was like, yeah, well, uh, anyway, who are you going to pick? Like, they brushed it off, and Reynolds is just standing there the whole time like, right asshole right i'm gonna pick your fucking teeth in one day um and then and then it was like so who are you gonna pick and then silver is so good i was thinking maybe we could do something different you could pick anna and maybe colt like and i'm thinking <laughs> in my head i'm going yes anna jay colt cabana hangman page versus adam cole and whoever right I'm like that'd be hilarious but then then he says oh i just ran into jurassic express and i already told him they could have it and Dark Order, all these guys are so good at doing this fucking like sad boy bullshit. Where yeah. Like, oh, oh, they look like they just got turned down for a date to prom. Right. And then, and then, and then it's like, oh well, I got a beard appointment anyway, and all this other. Stuff. It's so good. So like, funny. The character work here is amazing, and it's probably not even thought about. I guarantee most of that was off the cuff. Oh sure. Um, and what surprised me the most about this was I sort of thought. Silver and Reynolds were going to say, oh, well, we're Adam Cole's partners, so we can't help you. But we didn't get that. Uh, Yeah. And then we moved on from that. Right. And then it just was like, boom, done. And then after that, well, we'll, I mean, that's a development that we need to put a pin on. So that's going to that that's going to cause some problems. So we're going to talk about that more, too, when we get to the segment after the next match. Nice. So then we go to Yuta and Pac. Now, um, another match of why this, why? Was a, this was a why match, but it was an entertaining match, though. It was good. I thought Spirit it was Halloween fun. came back. Yeah, Spirit Halloween came back. <laughs> no, that was that's Tretz, right? They worked in there together, weren't they? This is just it's my first note. Spirit Halloween is back. Yep, Death, Death Triangle. Was there yeah. with him? They walked him out. Uh, and who walked out? Yuda. I think it was um, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, and also didn't he have uh, a Chuck Taylor with us with him? Yes, yes, Chuck Taylor. Yes. And then Danhausen. I, I kept wanting to say Trent, but it wasn't. Danhausen wasn't there, was he? Yeah, Danhausen came out. Oh, yeah, I don't remember Danhausen either. Yeah, I wrote oh, they, it down. They did like a big hug at the end, right? Yeah, Danhausen yeah. was there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, Pac's a beast, and I like watching him wrestle, but I didn't quite understand where this fit in. So I guess this was more of just an entertainment match, which, I, you know, I don't mind those. I, I, I don't mind the entertainment matches that don't really push any storyline one way or the other uh, because Yuta's a high flyer and Pac's kind of a high flyer too, but Pac's kind of a brutalizer. So I thought it was really good, really cool. I mean, they did the Avalanche Brain Buster, which was, a, was totally awesome. And yeah. Pac always has those cool off the rope spins. Yeah, he so, does. I love those. And I mean, he's such an amazing athlete. And, uh, and I like uh, him a lot, actually. I really like Pac a lot when I watch him wrestle. So I, I have no problem. I didn't have any problem with it. Where it fit into the whole, it's like you were texting me that night. You were like, this is a palate cleanser after all of that stuff. And I thought yeah, maybe just yeah. that's a great, yeah. Yeah. Like wait, a nice, wait, wait. Oh, okay, I don't have to pay attention to this for a minute. Let me absorb all that other shit and try to refocus. 
Yep, yep. But yeah, it was but, good- you know, and and it's cool when you don't have to get invested in a match. It's still good. Yeah. Like it's it's one thing to put on a what the hell is this match, and then it's not even good, and you're like, this what? Why? Why? Why did I just waste my time? At least this was like really fun. Yeah, it was a fun match. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and you know what? Not every match has to have this spectacular meaning to it. I think just sometimes you just need to be entertained by wrestling. So yeah. I think that was that that was one of them. So then yeah. after after that, we went into the Cutler Cam, and the Bucks were like we're not wrestling hangman. We're not going to do that. So that was a nice little seed that they planted for that, which I thought was pretty interesting. Do you remember that Tammy? No. Okay. So Adam, Adam Cole says he's got the bucks on one side. He's got red dragon on the other, which we've, we've gotten very accustomed to seeing the last couple of months. Um, And, you know, Adam Cole is talking about, he's going to, he's got these two partners. He's got the two perfect guys in mind. These guys know how to party. So right there, that's like a reference. Okay, Young Bucks, the super kick party, that whole deal. Uh, but really, in my head, I'm going, wait a minute. He's describing Silver and Reynolds right now. Yeah. They know how to throw a party. They live rent-free in Adam Page's head. And then he also said they're great friends of mine. And anybody who watches BTE yeah. will know that they've been doing this angle where, like, the three of them always sleep in a bed together yeah. and snuggle, right? And nobody's supposed to know about it. And Adam Cole's always like, oh, I fucking hate you guys. Call me, call me. You know, it's this whole bit that they've been doing. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's it's he's going to. And then he says, well, I wasn't talking about you guys to the Bucks. And he says, I was talking about Bobby and Kyle. None of the shit he said was like described them at all. Yeah. Adam Page doesn't care about Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Doesn't seem to. What kind of party have they thrown that anyone would know about? I don't know about anything like that. Yeah. So this, I think, I think maybe we're getting swerved here. I don't know yet, though. Um, I don't know. What? What? I. I don't know. Okay. All right. Hey. Well, I mean, I guess we'll find out. So then, after that promo, we went into FTR firing Tully. Now, I I, I think they're talking. The, the rumor is that FTR is going to have Bret Hart manage them. That's that's what I've heard. God, I fucking hope so. Which would make sense. I mean, they're doing the, you know, the Owen Hart thing. So, yeah. So, I mean, that that would that wouldn't be totally out of out of the ordinary for something like that to happen. So uh, so let's keep our eye on that in the future. So that then so fucking cool, man. Just to have Bret Hart doing anything in the business on a regular basis, I I would watch that shit all day long. Oh, yeah. I think it would be pretty cool. So then we get to the AHFO emergency boardroom meeting. Boy, a lot happened here. A little bit silly. Kind of like... A lot of bit silly. I don't know. It was kind of... It felt like 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 a very rushed, put together way to get jeff hardy out there yeah i think i think there was some pieces missing here i think um i don't think this came together exactly how they thought so this was like a last minute okay how do we how do we resolve this and put this together it was weird tammy what's your thoughts well i just go i'll just go by my notes it said hardy office meeting private party turns back on hardy andrade attacks hardy darby and sting come to get in on this attack on hardy why 
Jeff Hardy to the rescue, his debut. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> well, like a haiku. So what's your what do you think, Chris? You really want okay. Uh yeah, well, we really want to know. It's a podcast. <laughs> all right. So AHFO, right? We we kind of knew from the start this thing was gonna implode and we knew it wasn't gonna take long. Yeah. Um private party turning on Matt Hardy, I didn't necessarily expect. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that had to happen for this to work either. No. Um, but the thumbs down bit, that was good television. Uh, yeah. It was certainly a cool image, you know, as you're watching it happen. And he's turned around, and he's talking to Andrade again, and they kind of flipped their thumb down. I was like, wow, that's some cold blooded shit. And everybody already knew going into this, we were going to see Jeff Hardy. It was a question of whether or not his contract had actually expired prior to Wednesday or if it was going to be Wednesday the way they did this for a debut for somebody like Jeff Hardy I think personally it felt super flat I don't think it felt important I think if anything it felt kind of silly um and then the, you know they tried to throw everybody a little bit when when Sting and Darby came out slower than a fucking snail getting salted uh they're just you know they're crawling out kind of <laughs> And then Sting does his like whole says something to Darby, like, what the fuck are you guys waiting for? Run or don't don't come out. Right. Matt Hardy's Matt Hardy's upside down, his lungs are hanging out of his mouth. What is happening? And then so they get down there, and then obviously the numbers game is not working in their favor. And Jeff Hardy comes out, he's gonna make the same. But first, he's gotta do the fucking the dance a little bit. Really? Your brother and shit is getting beat up in the ring and you got to stop on the ramp to say what's up to the fans and give them a little bit of party boys are back, bitch. No, no, no. And honestly, as much as I love, as much as I love the old school Hardy boys theme, I think they needed something new here in AEW. Um, but to hear that, that I was like, oh shit. But then he did the dance on the way out. Like if he had just come out like fucking full running, slid into the ring, whoops some ass, did like three swantons, I would have been like, oh, hell yeah. But instead, he was really slow. The weird dance happened. He got in the ring. He did a little bit of house cleaning, but it was like some weak ass soft shots. And the swanton, I've never seen Jeff Hardy do a bad swanton until that night. Oh, wow. Uh, and there's people doing the swanton in AEW because of Jeff Hardy. Fuck, woo! That do it better than him now, apparently. Well, let's not let's I've, not get ever. It's just, I mean, he's probably a little rusty. He's been out of the game for just a little while. He, he hasn't been least... gone that damn long. Yeah, we're but talking you about know. somebody that has had like a steady career. Look, like nine... this. Yeah, it's wasn't not he? Like people haven't seen him in a few years. He's not ninety days. Him. 90 days. That's a long time not to wrestle. You, you, can you can wrestle during those 90 days, just not on television. We're talking about somebody that's been in the business for decades and never really had a break that was more than a couple of months. There is no reason for him to come out and half-ass any of this. Um, I think maybe the AEW ring is slightly different as far as specs go. Um, and maybe, yes, there was some nerves. It's a new crowd. It's a new audience. You don't know how you're getting received. Uh, and probably... You know, first of all, Stinger's out there, and I don't know if you guys know about this, but Sting and Jeff Hardy have this history 
there was an event where they were supposed to fight many years ago, DNA, and Jeff Hardy showed up absolutely blackout, obliterated. He was either on drugs or drunk or something. He couldn't even compete. Um, so he's out there with somebody who he's completely embarrassed himself in front of professionally. Mm. Um, outside of that, I really can't wait to see the Hardy boys do some old school ass whooping on some of these young cats because the reason most of these kids are in the business and the reason that they wrestle the way they do is because of these two guys. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm not shitting on Jeff Hardy super bad. All I'm saying is they could have done this better. Well, yeah, of course. Like I said, it felt like it was thrown together last minute. And it's yeah. like, it's like, I know that they saw it coming, but I think that they didn't really have a lot going on with, with Matt Hardy enough. They didn't have enough going on. That was a focal point of the story to really put together something that would have been a little bit more of a push. I think, I think yeah. that, I think that your neck, that your next time that he comes out and they're actually going to do a wrestling match. I think that's going to be way, way more exciting and way, way more pumped up than his big intro. So their appearance on Friday didn't do much for me either, but we'll get to that too. Right. I mean, they just basically came out and looked at everybody and then walked away. So that was, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was like, sir, you know, whatever. So <laughs> let's move on from that. I'm happy Jeff Hardy's in AEW. That's, yeah. that's all I'll, that we'll leave it at that. Me too. Especially, I really love seeing those hot topic pants coming back into the into the blend, and so and the hot topic shirts. So <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. It's like it's like it's like I it's like I'm at my first Slipknot concert back in the day at Ozfest or something. So <laughs> anyway, so then we had the Swerve Strickland and the knee setup, and then we had Wardlow's. I just I I was like, what? <laughs> Wardlow's all sweet and nice. You want to kind of give him a hug and you know pat him on the back, say, buddy, we're with you. I mean, that was a heartfelt speech. How he came from nothing and he had to use MJF to like get into the business because he didn't have any money. And he's like total total baby face, Tammy. All right, look, I see you making faces. Okay. In your opinion. I love, we all know my love for Wardlow. I'm, we do. I'm with the masses on that one. Um, but first of all, he there doesn't. It is. He I knew does. there was a but. I knew it. But I don't want him to like be sweet and nice and huggable. Yes. Like, he doesn't have to be a heel either, though. Like, I think there's like this middle ground that we never discussed that I don't think it's necessary to be extremist. You don't have to be. Um, on one side a face or the other side a heel um but i feel like so like a layered person like moxley to me is a layered person like lay he's not really a heel or a face he mm. you know he at all so it's like we need more of that i'd like i prefer wardlow to go that direction but i think he needed to just say his piece whatever we'll see how it really develops but also we need a stylist involved you know like I didn't like his clothing choice either. Like I, the onesie, <laughs> the wrestling onesie. What are those things called? They all wear singlet. Singlet. 
Singlets aren't my favorite. I'm used to seeing him in it though, but like, I don't know. I just think he needs some badass clothes and he needs a little bit more badass energy because he's fucking Wardlow. Have you heard his intro? You know, come on. If you're going to be mayhem, be mayhem. Don't come out here with your like life story. Like it's not the right time for it. We don't need all that. We just need you to be your own person and go out and fuck some motherfuckers up. That's what we want you for and not do it for anyone else but yourself. So that's how I felt about the promo. Chris? <laughs> uh, okay. So I kind of echo your sentiments actually a little bit, Tammy. Um, yes, the promo was good. The emotional stuff was like, oh, Wardlow has a soft side. Okay, cool. But it, I think it went a little too far. It felt a little bit too forced. Um and maybe a little bit too soft to the point where like, wait a minute, this guy has vulnerabilities. He's going to be sensitive. There's a lot of ways you can, you can think to mentally attack this cat. He talked about uh, growing up poor and all of those things and how important it was to like find a way to, to, to improve the lives of he and his family and all that stuff. And, and yeah, that's cool. But now anybody that's related to you has a target on them and, and somebody's going to pick on you for this shit. Or they're going to threaten these people that you love and you're now no longer invincible. Um, uh, I like I like that Wardlow is multidimensional now, um, but I, I think you're right. There's definitely there needs to be an in-between. Um, and, you know, basically this promo was him coming out saying, you know, he's definitely getting his TNT title shot and all these things. He didn't really talk about MJF other than saying, yeah, he's a scumbag. I'm sorry I worked with him for so long, guys. First of all, I'm not buying that. No, you're fucking not. Because if you were, you would have stopped fucking 18 weeks ago when we were like, hey, man, this sucks. Yeah. Would you hurry up and turn already? But <laughs> I digress. Uh, here, here's... He's going to be the champ. He's going to get that TNT strap. I don't know whether it'll be sooner or later. He's going to have it. What kind of run is he going to have? And Tammy, you, you might be right about his style. I think the singlet is a little played out for him, but I don't know what else I could see him in. Like he's not going to come out in full leather with spikes and shit. There's already too many people doing dark side stuff. Um, there's, uh, what are they going to do? Maybe put him in some fucking... Zubas and maybe a tank top. I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and honestly, when in his non-ring gear, he kind of just looks like a real swole up Andrade. Yeah. Uh, he's got the same top knot, same kind of fashion style, you know, no socks with the fucking pointy shoes and the, and the slacks that are way too tight. Uh, he looks expensive. He looks expensive. I'll say that. So he ain't, he, ain't not, he ain't hurting for money no more. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the different side of him. I'm glad that we gave him a chance to be a little different. I don't know that this is what I want from him, though. Uh, hopefully this gets better. Tammy. Well, I, I, I mean, I guess I, 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 I want to clarify. I, I got used to the singlet, so I'm OK with that. It was his off his promo clothes to me. That were the problem. It was the fact that you're right. It's like a cheap ripoff of an Andrade. And we already have Andrade really does look and come across as expensive. Wordload didn't. He came across as a 
second rate Ethan Page mixed with Andrade style. Okay. And God damn. <laughs> Ouch. And I think Ooh. he can do better. I really don't think it fits his energy. It's not the clothes. They weren't bad, but you know what I mean? There's nothing embarrassing about what he wore, but he's fucking Wardlow. He shouldn't be wearing fucking dress pants and shit, man. You should you wear some shit that you're going to fuck some motherfuckers up in. Something a little along the lines of a more original Lance Archer type gear wear or something like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be all out. You know, if you're Wardlow and you're about war, what about some crazy camo bullshit? I don't know. Something else. You know, <laughs> like, I just feel like he he's he's we've known him as being fierce because we haven't heard him speak and we haven't seen him do a lot of promos. And we don't want to ruin that image that we've all come to love as this badass motherfucker that's going to powerbomb people and he doesn't care. You know, we do like that he's going more a little to the face because he's a like the people love him. So he's got to be a dude of the people. But we need a champion and a hero that isn't going to give any fuck. So his clothing needs to also uh, it just looked like it was too clean cut. And I'm really picking on just a regular outfit way too much. But, you know, this is the All Elite Murder Theater podcast, and these are this is what we do. We, you know I talk about the fashion because the, the what you wear conveys uh, image, fashion. like a painting, you know? That shit you know, can't be me! It's funny you mention that, Tammy, because I was actually thinking a new segment that we could start doing is who's who had the best gear of the week. Yeah. Um, or who had the yes. best look of the week. I think that's something we can incorporate soon. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to say about Wardlow before we move on. The one thing that really had me like, what? That's fucking stupid was Wardlow's World, which is already on a fucking t-shirt, I might add. Uh, what are you fucking Elmo now? Come on. <laughs> what happened? What happened to all the other shit? Like he had so many cool nicknames and stuff going into this. Mayhem. Mr. Now it's Mayhem. Wardlow's World. It sounds like a shitty reality show. Mm-hmm. Let's let fucking erase that. Scratch it. Something else, please. Yes. Mid. Yes, Rave. That shit is mid. So then we got the QT with Keith Lee promo. And Keith Lee just is like, I'm not having this asshole. He just walks away. I thought that was beautiful. I love the line. Look, that that priceless line he said where I got a pretty big back. I'm good. <laughs> and he just fucking turned around. I was like, "Oh my god, that's that was a great setup!" Like, so I'm done. My boy, yes. <laughs> well, your impression was even better, Chris. I, <laughs> I fucking love Keith Lee so yeah, much. Me too. He's the best, man. He's awesome. He so brought me a lot of happiness this week. I can tell you that he did. And then we jumped right into Jungle Express versus the Acclaimed. There was a lot of top rope action going on. This was, I would say, out of all the title defenses, I guess this was a title defense. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it was kind of in the middle as far as that's concerned. There was a couple of good moves going on here. Um, the, it was inter- the most interesting part I thought about this was the fact that the gun club was in the, is, was in the audience. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that um, was so i don't know where that's going they didn't interfere they just sat there and they watched but they said they were talking a lot of shit so um 
that one that was pretty that was pretty cool i mean i like i like the gun club getting involved so they're they're good heels and i and i like i like their dynamic when they when they start stirring shit up in there and 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 of course the crowd is always so funny when they start calling them ass boys all the time so i think it's great um this was an okay match for me um i thought it was pretty good i was like the acclaims rap when they come in and and you know they do their whole thing so that always cracks me up it is getting better it's getting better for sure uh tammy how did you feel about this match in general well as far as the acclaimed rap i mean i think since they got in trouble they've been steadily improving but honestly the fact that they forgave them and let them come back and use it initially and then that they've gone forward and gotten better i love that I just love that about people because none of us are perfect and we all do these things and it's nice to like be able to have opportunities to like correct it and move forward and they are hilarious and they're really good wrestlers so I'm glad like that they have this is what we hope for with human humanity in general is to keep going forward and getting better so I always think they're entertaining so um, this was a fun match to me. It felt familiar for some reason. I don't know if they've wrestled before or felt familiar. It was, but Lucha was on, huh? Have they? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess, felt that way too. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, go ahead. I, I'm starting to feel that way a lot with the, jung, um, the Jungle Express a lot. Like I feel Jurassic. everything feels like I've seen it or, or, or what the Jurassic. Hold Jurassic. on, Ray. If you can't correct her when you say the same shit. Do I saw it? Do I call it jungle? You, you did that at the beginning of this. Is it part. jungle or Jurassic? I it's thought Jurassic. you guys got mad at me for calling it Jurassic Park one time. So now well, it's just, I'm it's, not sure which is worse, Jurassic Park or Jungle Express. They're both wrong. Uh, it's Jurassic Express, and uh, there's Jungle Boy. Oh which, my gosh! You, know, you should start finding us. <laughs> Whenever we get it wrong, we have to put a dollar in something, and we'll donate it to oh my god or something. <laughs> No, because then if you guys do it, I got to do it too. I mean, I, I, I call, right. I call the varsity right. blondes the fucking Hollywood blondes every time I talk about them. So well, we, can't, you know, we can't do that. Let's put money into it because it's for a good cause anyway. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> off cast. Okay. Um, well, I just feel it always, it felt, it felt like I've seen it before. So it wasn't the most exciting, but I thought Lucha is was on fire. And I feel like he's an... Like, I really think he's the star, but I feel like Jungle Boy gets all the love because it just seems like Lucha's the badass that comes in and takes everyone out every single time. Like, he's, he's always got a spot with a hot tag where he just comes in and cleans house. You're right. It's just amazing, you know? And, and I would love to see him do more single stuff because, like, he could be right up there with Lance Archer and everybody. So I feel like he doesn't really get his, like, I feel like he's almost like a support character sometimes. But he's beloved in the audience. People love him and stuff. But anyways, they're always great. But it's almost like we're spoiled. That's what I think I, I feel. I feel spoiled when they all come on. Because it's like, oh, we feels familiar. We already know how this is going to go. They're all going to be great. And, you know, definitely probably Jungle Boy and Lucha are going to win. You know, it's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Because I feel like I've like, I'm only la- less than a year into this and feel like a spoiled brat in a lot of ways. So anyways. It was a fun match. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Chris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was a good match. It was a decent match. It was a good wrestle. Uh, Very good wrestle. I thought, and it was it was a lengthy match too. There was a lot of good spots in it. Um, the Acclaim looked good. Jurassic Express looked good. 
I do think Jurassic Express needs to drop the titles. Um, I agree. I they've had them for a while now. I don't think they needed them to begin with. Uh, I think we need to move on and, and do something else with the tag team picture right now. And maybe splitting them up and doing some kind of singles runs for both of them would work. I mean, Jungle Boy would make a great TNT champion. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. And Luchasaurus would make a great partner for Lance Archer's, your Will Hobbs, your your Keith Lee's. Um, there's there's a lot of big guys right now in the company that would just put on some amazing, just brutal, let's watch two guys slap the shit out of each other matches. Yeah. Um, but as a tag team, here's the weird thing about Jungle... Uh, now I'm saying it. Fuck. Uh, Jurassic Express is... I don't think like, like when you watch when their matches come on, everybody does the song, right? Because we all love that song. First of all, it's ingrained in everybody's childhood, right? Everybody knows that song, not for this reason, but because we know it for that, we're like, yeah. And then, and then, you know, you don't see Jurassic Express shirts in the crowd. You don't see signs about them. You you don't you hear the pop, but it's usually not massive, and it's not like it's not like a fan pop. It's more of like oh, I fucking love this song kind of pop. That's a good point. Oh, oh I think we're all supposed to get behind these guys. Let's cheer for them and sing the song and look stupid real quick. And then as soon as they're in the match, unless their opponents are really impressive, nobody pays attention. If you watch the crowd, there's a lot of people moving around and going to get drinks and shit when they're out. And I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm not saying they're not fun to watch. I am only saying they are not, they don't deserve the straps right now. They're not, they're not upper echelon. They're not, they're not the top tier of AEW tag teams right now. And they could probably do better on their own. Um, I'm just I'm ready to see a real tag team come in because we've got a lot right now. I mean, you talk about House of Black and either combination you could run with that. Um, You talk about Death Triangle and the tag teams that could come out of that. You talk about uh, the the Ass Boys, Um, any members of Best Friends, uh, Young Bucks, FTR, the list, Santana and Ortiz. There's so many people that could have these titles that would be a bigger, more important thing and draw more ratings, I think, and and make for better TV. Um, I love these guys, but man, it's not doing it for me. We need we need to move past this and do something else. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you make an excellent point. It's like, I, I just, you know, once you said that, it's really, it kind of clicked that yeah, they they're not getting they're they're not getting the pop that they used to get. It's like the shine is worn off them a little bit, and so I definitely think that there's a it's it's time for a change. So, but yeah, cool. I have final comment on that. Final I comment. Want to say Go. that um, less than a year into this, my first couple of matches that I ever watched were Thunder Rosa and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and it really got me hooked in. So I will all they will always be beloved for that reason. Oh, I think and, they're great. I'm not saying they're, they're, they're amazing performers. Yeah, they're amazing. But at the same time, less than a year in, I feel like it's the same tempo each time, and I feel like there needs to be more growth for them, and. I think that Luchasaurus's mask is stupid, you know, even though I love 
<laughs> like it's just it oh, looks, come it on looks, it looks like you bought it at the halloween store and i just think he could do is it mid no he is amazing i and i like the concept but i think we could get him a better mask that's all like <laughs> i'm sorry everybody i'm sorry i hope i'm not disappointing the world on this thought but i'm just saying that i think it looks too toy store-ish and i think he could get a better what is rafe doing i'm getting disturbed he's like doing his boob stuff like muscle people. <laughs> mid mid oh my god this is mid Okay. Um, I'm not trying to insult Luchasaurus, the world. I'm not. I don't want anyone to take it that way because I love Luchasaurus. Like I'm saying, they're I can't get over the boob thing. Um, so anyways, I'm trying to recover from that. Um <laughs> what I want to say is I love Luchasaurus, but I think he could have a better mask. That's all. And you know what? I worry for him in that mask anyways. It doesn't look comfortable and it doesn't look like a good wrestle wrestling mask. So a wrestle mask. It's not a good wrestle I, mask. I think he needs a more of a luchador mask that looks like a dinosaur. It's a mid-mask. He's a duke, he's a dinosaur, right? Right. So like I think he could do better, is what That's, I'm saying. And that he could elevate mid. himself with a new mask and go out there and get in the singles. And that's what I'm I'm wanting. And I think Jungle Boy is amazing and he could get out there and 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 get a champion. Okay. That's all I wanted to say, you know, about yes. that. Is that I do think they're wonderful. I don't want to say they're not <laughs> wonderful, because they are, but I Boom. think like also kids like them a lot. So yes. Oh. I want to say on the record, I don't have any problem with your mask, Luchasaurus. I think it's red. Uh, <laughs> nobody in the business has one like that. So it makes them unique. Okay, um, fair enough. And yes, they are super talented. I think I think both of them are amazing, period. I think it needs to come around again. I think that it needs to go through a cycle. I think they need to end it and go through a cycle. So, yeah. so then after that, we had the Jade promo. And now she's got the kiss of death. Now, I think this cheapens her. I don't like this at all. I don't like the you fact... Blood shaming. No. <laughs> Why on earth would I, I do that? I know. No, it's just a silly gimmick. It's a silly gimmick. I know. I think that... And we're talking about somebody who needs everything they can get their hands on as far as a benefit. Like, she doesn't need a silly gimmick. She needs no. something that pushes her through the fucking moon. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of silly. I hope she doesn't try to pull that as her signature move. She's kissing all these girls all the time. Oh I'm God, can you imagine? It's just going to be lame, and it's going to it's going to make me feel like it's WW. You know who? It's so. not COVID safe. What anyway. would what? Okay, so here's something. What would make that really cool is if suddenly that person supposedly fell in love with her and couldn't fight her anymore. Right. And that just laid be. down and let her get the pin. Like right. that would be crazy. Like, and then we find out, oh, she's putting some kind of poison lipstick on and she's got mind control and shit. Like that makes the character interesting. Right. This right. whole, I'm going to kiss you and then punch you in the mouth thing is stupid. It's dumb. 
it's fucking dumb. Like, give me something. Give me something that the nerd in me will be like, oh, kiss death. That's fucking yeah. Like the House of Black has the mist. Right, the mist. The mist is different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like make her like poison ivy. You know what I'm saying? Like give her some weird kind of fucking superpower, and this shit is gonna be all right. But right now, you're just you're just just you're whoring out your mouth, and it's not okay. But no. knowing her, she's really inspired by superheroes. So it could right. Be so th- let's do that. Let's no. fucking let's make her a badass, and she kisses people, and suddenly they're idiots and can't do anything. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just like, well, why would you put your mouth on them? You're dirty. It's COVID exactly. time. Come on. Right. Uh, I, that's how I felt. It felt weird. And also, yeah. we're in the age of consent. That that's like a big topic now. So right. it feels kind of like. Weird for the oh, air. That's a good in. point. That's a yeah. good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So then we got into the uh, Layla Hirsch, legit Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Now, this was, I, I, th- I see why they had to do it uh, because Layla Hirsch is up there in the stats. So they had to do the, this was the eliminator to get the belt. I mean, obviously we knew what was going to happen, but. It was the eliminator to get the belt. That's why they threw Le- Layla Hirsch in there. Um, it was an okay match for me. Thunder Rosa looked like she was in a lot of pain. I think she got hurt prior to that and Revolution. She was just not. She was not on her mark. She was. She was clunky with this match um, because I. It was obvious that she was in real pain and not like fake pain. She must have hurt herself somehow. I'm wondering how this is going to play out with the cage match that's coming up. Um, that's going to be very exciting. And obviously, I, I know for sure that's going to be the title change right there. They just wanted to do it in her hometown. That's probably why they didn't do it for Revolution. I mean, it's pretty, but, you know, who, who knows? I mean, but um, it was not smooth. I wrote not smooth at all. There was a couple of near falls. And Thunder Rosa just looked like she just did not feel well in that match at all. So, I mean, what did you think, Tammy? What were your thoughts? Is that when she was wearing the nightgown? No. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. When she came oh. out in that, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that she, threw me off that. right there because that's not her style. She's badass. She was wearing like that old lady 1950s house <laughs> gown that... She should have been Goodfellas. You know what I'm talking about? Do you remember, Chris, what she was wearing? It was like a nightgown, yeah. But you know what? I love Thunder Rosa, so I stand behind her no matter what. Of course. Um, we do too. And I thought legit was like intense. I like that hanging, you know, hanging in there. And um, I don't know. We're, you know, this is the honest truth. I was just sitting there waiting for Thunder to win. Mm. And that was it. Chris. And I don't really have any more notes beyond that. Chris. Chris. Fuck. Uh, shit. So I thought this match was kind of stupid. Um, it was it was an okay match for both performers. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Layla Hirsch, but she definitely has a role on this roster, and this mm-hmm. wasn't it. Um, and Rosa definitely looked like she was hurting from something, which makes sense because she always looks like she's hurting almost. It seems like I mean we're talking about this woman works so much. She doesn't just work in AW. She's constantly training other people she's constantly fighting in other promotions she's constantly running around doing all kinds of shit uh yeah. she probably hasn't had a good night's sleep in a couple of years i would think yeah. um she has a taco vlog yeah exactly, exactly. Music. and and post 1700 things on instagram every single mm-hmm. day 
every morning. That's one of the things I have to clear out the most is all my <laughs> Thunder Rosa stories on IG. Um, she does post a lot. So much. The only person beating her in the game is someone else at a different company as far as wrestlers. So there's one other person that posts a little bit more than her. And that, you know, who the fuck cares about that fucking shape? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, so the, the biggest thing coming out of this match, you're right. We knew who was going to win. It wasn't a big deal, blah, blah, blah. Whatever they had to do it because of Layla Hurst with their standings and everything else. Again, we already talked about how these are predetermined statistics. It really, it's all bullshit. Uh, I am so fucking tired of Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and Thunder Rosa and her friends versus Britt Baker and her friends. And we're, we're going to have a match this pay-per-view. Oh, God, it's finally going to be – Thunder Rosa's going to get – nope, they're going to – nope, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Uh, Britt Baker still got that son of a bitch. Oh, look, look, they have a new title. Nope, Britt Baker gets to keep it too. Shit. Um, yeah, this is way overdue. Where Rosa should have had this title, I don't know how long ago. They already had a blood feud leading up to a match that happened last fucking year, and we're still on this shit. Yeah. I, the only, the only, the only women's feud I hate right now more than this one is Sheeta and Deeb. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think and that's I think coming it's back. Time to move on. <laughs> the fact that we're finally getting a cage match and nobody can interfere. This has to be the end of this, yeah. right? This has to be the has fucking be. nail in this coffin because Jesus Christ, it's going to come to a point where I don't want to see either one of them anymore. Right. I'm already tired of Britt Baker right now with her fucking same fucking promo every fucking time she's on TV about the same bullshit. And for the last, I don't know how long it's been Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa. I don't want to hear it anymore. Let's go. Let's fucking do something. Yep. Shit. I feel like a thousand percent behind you on I, everything. Oh, I'm behind you too. I, I agree hundred percent. I just I think this is it's it's played out. Um obviously they Don't wanted to obviously they wanted to do it as the anniversary of that one crazy match they did on St. Patrick's Day. Uh that's why they flipped it and put it this week and put it in the cage match. But yeah, let's get it over with and let's get it done. Let's move on. Let's see what, what comes around. Let's see what other ladies can come up and step up to the to the ranks here. There's many. They're all waiting. There's like They're a line. Waiting. There's a line of them. So then we got into the Sammy Gravera and Scorpio Sky. This seemed to be very disappointing for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> but not you, Rafe? No, no I'm going to say no, because I, I see what they're doing here. Okay, I see what they're doing. They're replacing Sammy and Ty Conti is the replacement for Cody and Brandy. I mean, doesn't anybody else see that? I, I see don't it. I know what you mean by that. I don't I mean, no mistake. The reason Ty just got her ass whooped and the reason Sammy just lost his strap, I could I, I would almost bet that they're gonna be not so frequent for a little bit. Probably. Why do you think that? I think both of them need a little bit of time off. Mm. Um, Ty Conti has been one of the one of the one of the uh, what's the word most frequent wrestlers in the women's division on Dark Elevation and yeah. Dynamite and Rampage for running on a year now. Sammy yeah. has been out on almost every fucking show for a long time. Weeks. They had that little they had that little taste of a vacation. They're in this new romance. They probably are looking at houses. I have a feeling there's a lot of shit in their personal life that they need to sort out. 
and they might need a little bit time to where they're not on TV all the time yeah. and they just need a break. Interesting. Sammy deserves one. Sammy's worked through a bunch of injuries. Um, and Ty Conti, I mean, as much as she's tried, she's not getting a serious run at a title right now. That's too bad. So, she's awesome. I think I think they're pulling them out for a reason. I don't think it's the whole Cody Brandy thing, despite the fact that a lot of fans are treating them that way. Um, and the reason they're doing that all stems from Sammy's previous relationship and how Ty came into this. And there is definitely, I can promise you, racks upon racks of jealousy. Dudes are like, man, Ty deserves better. Women are like, man, Sammy deserves better. Men are thinking the same about both and women are thinking the same about both. There's, there's, both of these people are very attractive, very desirable human beings. And a lot of people are pissed off that they don't get to be a part of it. Um, and that's why I think the majority of people are shitting on them and their relationship. That sucks. Uh, it, I mean, it's real life though. You know, Dude, like that's, that's the I motivation. Agree. Yeah. Y'all yeah, no, of- ain't gonna sleep with them. Okay. Just accept that now. Okay. So Come much on. hatred comes from jealousy though. In, yeah. in our world. I think jealousy is probably one of the most vindictive, nasty kind of feelings that can really make you do some shit that you don't, you don't think do or say otherwise. Um, and, and, and they look so fucking happy too, that I'm sure people are like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. They're stupid. There's no way this is real. You guys are bullshit. You don't even belong on TV. I think they need a little time away. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope that, they can get some rest and come back and kick everybody's fucking ass and prove everybody wrong. But I don't think they're going to because, you know, Paige Van Zandt jumped in and now she's all elite. And then she smacked Ty on the ass and signed her contract and who gives a shit next. (laughs) So I don't know. It's, it's that, you know, you guys know how I feel about her. I, mm. you don't like Paige Van Zandt. So it's not that I don't like her. There's a lot of women already there that put in the work. Why are we bringing in some person who's never been in this business? She has not paid any dues. And she's out there with her husband or boyfriend or whoever he is, kind of McGregor. I don't know. Uh, kind of McGregor. <laughs> I don't know his real name, do you? He's like a half Connor, half whatever. I, <laughs> am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. No, I don't know anything that about that. That was perfect. That was um, perfect. I wrote that shit down because when I thought it in my head, I was like, that's funny. He's uh, kind of McGregor. He is. He's kind of McGregor. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- there's a lot of stuff that's upsetting me about this, but I yeah. really think I really think Sammy and Ty, even if it's only one of them, I think somebody's probably gotta do a little bit of rehab, maybe relax a little bit, because they've both been workhorses and they deserve a break too. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Let's Sport get- needed a title run. Tim, yeah. you were saying earlier about how people were really behind this. It's absolutely true. He's yeah. been a workhorse too. He's been in AEW for a long time since Day like one. the very beginning. Um, SCU was like one of the first factions in the company. Granted, they split up a long time ago, but I mean, shit, when you're around that long, and he's a, he, he did the TNT run. He was the one that got the big brass ring thing in the, uh, was it Revolution last year that they did yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he he he's already been through all this with Darby and a bunch of other shit, and he deserves a run with that strap. And now I'm worried because of the timing and how everything worked out. I'm worried he's not going to get a long run with it because there's other people now that are more important and more over. And yeah, it's overdue to the point where he probably missed his prime. 
Yeah. But good to see. All right, now we're on to Rampage. We are going to stop that for a second. Yes. Are we doing Before it? Hold on. Pause. We are back. Sorry about that break. We needed to refresh our drinks and get back to Rampage. Nice little you know, break. You know what I decided, guys? From now on, when we do these little quizzes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to put on like a little game show outfit and some glasses and like a stick microphone with a little tiny thing, like Price is Right. I'm gonna do some yes. shit like that. Do yes. like a dick. I could do like a Dick Clark thing and kiss some random stranger. Um, anyway, so it's time for real or fake, right? All this right. is the segment where I give you guys the names of three obscure wrestling moves, and you have to decide which one is fake. As of right okay. now, the standings or the stats or the uh, the records for uh, for the All Elite Murder Theater podcast is Tammy one, Rafe one. There is no winner right now. Nobody's ahead. Nobody's behind. So that being said, the three moves are as follows. Are you sure he has one? Yeah. One and, yes. he, and we both had none. What um, are you, why are you busting balls, woman? Hey. You guys both have one Anybody point. that listens knows that's the deal here. Okay. You are one to one. <laughs> um, so we will start with uh, the Tilt-A-World DDT. The World Ender. What? World or Ender? The, the World Ender. Mm-hmm. Or the stump puller. I know. Wait, do we pick which one isn't a, a move? Yeah, yes, the you fake have to pick one. The fake move. Okay. Rafe, you said you have an answer, Tammy. Yeah. We'll give you another second. Rafe, go ahead. What is your answer? Stump puller. Okay. Can you can you read them out to me again? Yes, it is the tilt a world DDT, the stump puller, or the world ender. Two of these are real, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say the world ender. All right. So, Rafe, you said stump puller. Yes. Tammy, you said world ender. Mm-hmm. The correct answer world ender. Tammy, oh. you have another point. Rafe, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, you that was that was the more logical answer. Stump puller seems like a stupid name for a move. I, I had to dig deep into real. my meditation Zen world to, to pull that answer, and I did. Well done, well Thank done, you. well done. My curve base. My whole mission in life is to beat Rafe at every game. So the official real or fake score moving forward for next week. It is on record, Tammy. Listen now, you have two points, Rafe has one point. Next week, we will try again. That shit is mid. <laughs> On to Rampage, my friends. <laughs> hey, don't feel bad, man. I lost a game of Clue today to my kids, and I felt like the biggest idiot on the planet. I lose those games all the time. I'm proud I of was it. accused of cheating, <laughs> and I didn't even win. I am not good at games. That's why I'm doing the questions, okay? <laughs> All right. I believe I believe you were going to talk to us about Mark Quinn versus Darby Allen. Oh yeah. Oh, is that what we started with? Yeah, that was the rampage. That's what rampage okay. started off with. Okay. The way that you give me the notes to write, they aren't in that order. That's why well, you, you've got to write the numbers next to them, woman. Come on. In the future, I'm gonna. Well, I don't know what the future is going to bring. 
It's it's like a two minute Google search, Tammy. I can I can send you the cards and the rundowns every week if you want. No, he prints out a printout for me, and that's how I make my notes. So, but they're not in the necessary order. Well, I mean, rampage right now. If you're if you're going in, into a show, they don't always list the card in order. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's how he prints so it he out. might list it. He might list it how they promote it, and then you got to figure it out. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying if I'm out of order, that's why. She's blaming me. Fair enough. So so again, we're talking about Mark Quinn versus Darby Allen. <laughs> okay. Because that's the second on my list. So I'm just making sure. That's you fine. go ahead then, Tammy. Let's hear this. Second uh, on your we're, list. Mark we're, Quinn we're well Wait, into you this. You want me to start with my yeah. crazy notes? We're well, sure? we're well into this now. She's, uh, you know, she's what? at her prime. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and they's and them's, that what they're trying to say is that that I'm tipsy. That's what they're accusing me of. But I can assure you, I am in full control and command and clear on exactly what's going on and what we're doing. So I will read my notes. Thank you very much. Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn, Rampage. Decent so far. I just feel like a spoiled child because I'm expecting a touch more pizzazz from these two. Razzle-dazzle. It still might get, you know, more happening as we go along. Glad to see Mark Quinn get a big match. Mm-hmm. But it's clunky. I've seen him be smoother. Everything is moving too slow for the, like these big moves that they're trying to do. But of course, Darby wins. Was that, that you seem like disappointed. Like, yeah, of course Darby wins, but. I don't know. This this might be one of the few matches of the week that I wasn't sure who was going to win. I was sure from the beginning when it was just put down, you know. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm glad that you weren't, but I knew from the beginning there's no way Darby wasn't winning. Fair enough. It was clunky. It could have been better. You know what I mean? I feel like they're both excellent. I think Mark Quinn is excellent. I love Private Party, actually, for young and up-and-coming tag team, and I think they have a lot in them. So it was a big match for Mark Quinn to get to do. So yay mark quinn you know because we all know darby's a superstar and everybody loves darby so you get a lot of you, you get a lot of more eyes on you when you wrestle him but well i mean when you drive a car and jump it over a hill and run it into an rv it's kind of hard for people not to like you so exactly, <laughs> exactly. what the, the wild and infamy of him but i i really wish that uh, mark quinn would have been his best self and i don't feel like he was during that i feel like it was all a bit clunky on both of their ends like yeah can see the moves being planned and i don't like that when that happens well, i think i think we can already feel the loss of the tutelage of matt hardy here mm. mm, yes <laughs> is that what you think huh That's not, what really, not really but in kayfabe you can go sense. with that yeah i guess you can go with that yeah i i mean i was pretty much on board same page with tammy i thought it was started out kind of slow especially for guys that are high flyers that the way that they are they did a lot of groundwork right off the bat. They only really started picking up like, you know, Mark Quinn did the 450 splash out of the ring, which I thought was really cool. That was a very impressive move. He also had a nice backflip into the flatliner and then a, another knee drop backflip. So he did a lot of good, got a lot of good moves. Jesus man. Christ, man. Are you writing down all these fucking move names now? Yeah. And then Darby did the superplex, which I thought was really pretty rad. So um yeah man i gotta get up to speed man i gotta win yeah, this damn, damn game <laughs> we're gonna have to start being professional tammy shit <laughs> so 
you know, I know. But, you know, but you know, this is obviously setting up a Hardy Boys, Hardy Boys, and and Sting and Darby versus the uh, AHFO. It's like mm-hmm. I have a mullet a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it's AFO now. It's AFO. Yep. It's like AFI, but less exciting. Less exciting. Yeah. Less good music. So, but yeah, I mean, that's obviously what it's setting up. So, but you know, so that's, I think it was just kind of like a, um, an hors d'oeuvre to those bigger matches in so to speak. So. Well, uh, respectfully, I would like to shit all over this thing for a second. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. For Marquin and, and Darby, this this was subpar at best. Uh, we've seen much better from both of them in their bad matches. Um, I love Private Party. I love Darby Allen. I love Sting. I love all the people involved in this this whole story that's been happening. And this was more like a, hey, let's open the show with some fun. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's do our shit and then just get out of there. I'm tired. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, it didn't feel big. It didn't feel important. Uh, and really the stuff that was supposed to feel important didn't happen until after this match was over. Uh, we had, we had the run in with um, what, who, who came out. AFO comes out to the ramp. It's, it's, it's like Andrade uh, butcher and blade. I think the bunny was out there for some reason. What's she going to do? Like fucking yell at somebody. She's, she's so fucking weird and crazy and awesome. Um, but then then they come out, they do nothing, right? They're just looking very menacingly. Ah, yeah. oh, look at us. And then, oh, fuck, the Hardy Boys come out in there, in there. Hold on. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to not disrespect the Hardy Boys like that, you guys. What do you mean? First look, of all, hey, look at the Hardy Boys. Hold on. The Hardy Boys ring gear was not inspired by those bands. They Cold started chamber? dressing like that. Listen, mid-90s, these guys were coming out like this. The new metal stuff got their inspiration from them. I promise you, go back. Go back and watch. Look at interviews. Look at timelines. The Hardy Boys invented the style, the aesthetic that we all thought was new metal. Well, I would not it was, argue. It was taken them. from the rave scene. I believe you. Okay. If you, okay. if you listen to Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy interviews, they were looking at all these kids that were going to the raves and with the glow sticks and all the bullshit. They they wanted that. And then New Metal came along a couple years later after the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian and all these other teams had made this style of wrestling and this style of dress. If you look up the brood and all these things, these guys were all doing these things as new metal started to co- become a thing. There's no, there's no uh, coincidence that these cultures were the same. You know what I mean? Um, in the mid to late nineties, you had the same kind of group watching the Hardy boys and all, all these people doing their thing that you did having watching all the new metal and stuff that was coming out. Um and, and I guarantee you, a lot of these new metal acts, if you go and ask them, were you a fan of the Hardy Boys back in the day? I could promise you they'll be like, yeah, I knew who they were. Yeah, I, I might have paid attention. <laughs> uh, they might not admit it freely, but I can promise you they were not they were not biting anyone. People bit them, bro. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, so moving on from that. Sorry. I just wait, before to- you do, Chris, I just- wait, wait, wait. Pause, Chris. I have to just comment on your whole monologue you just said right now. 
that I just want to thank everybody for coming to Chris's TED Talk on the 90s culture scene because that, that was what it was. And it's awesome. Thank you. Okay, now you may continue. <laughs> all right. Okay, um, we've all had a laugh. It was, bril it was brilliant. <laughs> and I think that's true, though. I think it should be a TED talk on like schooling everyone on the histor history of everything. Listen, because I don't doubt a word you say. Because when I you look, you. when you look at the Hardy Boys, it's like, wow, you were in the audience at Ozfest in '96, right? Yes, like, we yes. get it. Like we get it, we get. But yes. no, their look was started before that, um, and I think they influenced my generation in particular. You guys are a little bit older than me. So maybe it wasn't quite the same for you. My generation was the one that brought that whole thing to fruition and everybody yeah. looked like fucking, everybody wanted braids and fishnets and all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, and it was because of the Hardy Boys. It was not, new metal, new metal actually got their style from the Hardy Boys. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it like there. My mind's like blown now about all of I it. have already talked about it way too much. You got to remember that- But in, I love this because I love the, mid, the 90s. In the mid to late 90s, wrestling was probably at it at its peak and and more so even than it is now wrestling is is having a heyday right now and it's getting up to those points but but that that whole era in the mid to late 90s was the biggest money maker probably in this business um scrap all that shit we're moving on uh number one i'm very disappointed to see that they are still wearing the same old shit number two i've, I've already said it about the song Let's do something new. We're in AEW now. Number three. <sighs> Jeff Hardy has gotten really good at painting his face in the last decade. And I want to see that shit still because it, it, it makes it more fun. He does some really cool shit with his face and he does some really awesome artwork. He's also a musician. I'm not going to say I love his music because I don't. He's artistic. Um, but his fucking paintings and all that stuff are really cool. And the stuff he does with his face and this, he does this cool shit where like, it's like, he's got a, a different face here and a different face here. And he does this stuff with his eyes. Um, I think we're missing that from this presentation. If we're not going to get like the best of the Hardy boys, I at least want the broken version of Matt and the broken version of Jeff and brother Nero and all the weird stuff. I want all that. I don't want the same old Hardy boys that I essentially grew up loving. Um, I want a different taste of it. I want something new because if this is really and truly their final run, we deserve a little bit more than just a nostalgia pop. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and even for new fans, like the nostalgia pop's not going to cut it. Like you said, Ray, if they look like fucking 16 year old Slipknot fans, uh, it's, 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 it's not a good gimmick in 2022. Um, yeah, so so we had this thing where the AFO comes out, they're doing a beat down, um, and obviously Sting is out there. Then the Hardy Boys come out. They're looking at everybody, right? The AFO is looking at everybody. The Hardys are looking at everybody. AFO disappears. I guess they evaporated or some shit. Uh, the Hardys are staring, and they just stare, and they continue to stare at Darby and Sting. Yeah. I'm not sure I want the first thing that the Hardys do in AEW to be with Darby and Sting. Like, maybe let's do a faction for a little bit. Let's do that. Let's right. do, like, an uneasy, like, partnership. Let's rock with that for a little bit. And then we can do the Sting with Darby Allen versus the Hardys. 
the Hardys need to go up against Private Party. They need to go up against um, Butcher and the Blade. Young Bucks again. The the Hardys had a had a really good feud with the Young Bucks years ago. They need to go up against Red Dragon, Butcher and Blade. There's so many teams that they were pair well with. Darby and Sting are not it. No, not it at all. Wrong style, weird clash. It's not going to work. If anything, they make great allies, lame enemies. Mm. That's all I have to say about it. I'm moving on. All Sorry, right. guys. I know that was a lot. I, I apologize. But it was important to cover. Yeah. And then now we get on to the Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Martinez. This was just a slug fest. They just beat the shit out of each other. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I think Jamie Hayter is just as strong as Chris Statlander. And I don't think that people notice that. So I so here's what it's funny you say that because you're a big Jamie Hader fan like Jamie Hader Jamie Hader I love Chris Statlander I also love Jamie Hader and the reason I think I like them both is because they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. And, and, eh, I'm surprised you admit that because mm-hmm. you're not a big fan of Statlander. I I think they're both fucking incredible. I think they're both they're in work. Like okay, their ring work is very similar, right? Very. Their look is kind of similar too, despite the fact that Chris Statlander thinks she's like an alien or something. Uh, they still have a very similar stature. Their approach to how they handle a match is very similar. Um, I will say, I think, I think Jamie Hader is a little bit more of a fighter, like um, um, a brute style fighter. She sort of throws a lot more heavy punches. She's more heavy handed. Yeah. Uh, where I think Chris Statlander is a little more intellectual. She does more uh, holds and sort of a uh, little bit more top rope kind of things and stuff like that. I think the two of them would make an unstoppable tag team. Oh, wow. They'd be great. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it'll be. Uh, dead, dead. It won't. But Jesus, that can you imagine? Can you imagine? It'd be great. Ah, it'd be wonderful. But- uh, good match. Um, you know, obviously they had to do it. You know, that was the offshoot of the whole um, feud between Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa. Um, uh, you know, the thing about Jamie Hader that I like is that she sells it. She sells everything. And, and not, a, not everybody sells it as well as she does. And, and even, you know, across genders, you know what I mean? She, she sells it. She talks shit. She sells the move. She sells getting hurt. She sells giving the beatings. And, you know, and that obviously comes from her time when she was in stardom in that Japan, you know, in Japan, like they really train you that way. You know, we saw a whole documentary on the wrestlers about the whole stardom thing. And it was like, that was kind of an eye opener. And you could see where that, those, that style came from. And so that's why I like Jamie Hayter. And, and that's why I want to see her wrestle more. She hasn't wrestled a whole ton, if you really think about it, not even on the darks so or the dark elevations. And I mean, I think she needs to get into more matches and get out of Brit's shadow. And, and hopefully that that happens soon. It seems like they're trying to set it up for that, but it's hard to say. But I mean, I hope they do because I want to see her wrestle everybody else too, you know. And uh, so I think it's going to be pretty cool. What did you think of the match, Tammy? It was enjoyable. I liked it. I mean, I like Jamie Hayter not quite as much as you do, but a little bit, like, like just like under a hair or two. <laughs> I'm pretty close, you know? So I always like her. I love her personality. I like exactly what you said about how well she sells things. She's entertaining. 
and a good wrestler and she's strong. So those are all things I super love about her. And she always reminds me of one of my girls back at the fifth column, hanging out at the club for the night too. So that's always a soft spot in my heart for her. I thought it was a pretty good matchup, but it was too bad that Brit intervened, you know, but that's what that faction does. It's like, you can almost count on it, whatever. And then Thunder came out and talked shit and all that. So anyways, she won as it should be, but um, I'd like to see her out of a faction and in her own person more, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Right on. So then we went right into QT Marshall versus Keith Lee. There was a couple of promos. What was the hold one on, promo? Hold on. Hold on. We skipped right. a couple things here. Right. Uh, we skipped over the Scorpio Sky segment with Lambert running his mouth. He yep. said Wardlow's going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt it. Uh, I mean, maybe there's some interference, but Wardlow's not going to lose, right? Uh, unless there is some outside shit happening. Um, we also jumped over the House of Black segment. Oh yeah, where uh, they they did another one of these things where Malachi's in the center, and then we had Brody sweeping out of the darkness, and then we had Buddy sweeping out of the darkness. These mm-hmm. promos are genius; they're money. I I cannot fathom anybody ever destroying this faction or or beating these guys, whether it be in an individual match or a tag match or a trios match. This is an unstoppable group of gentlemen, mm-hmm. uh, and it is it. Uh, it's perfection in my it opinion. Is. I've I've waited for a faction like this for many years in the wrestling industry. This is so good. It warms it warms my heart thinking of how well like 16-year-old me would have been like, oh my god, watching these guys just so fucking great, man. Remember, but the then ha- we went the house knows your truth. Exactly. <laughs> but then we went into the hater and Martinez thing, which it like you said. Wait, wait, great. before you get into that, Chris, I just want to acknowledge with that House of Black promo that it kind of proved a theory of yours right. Which one? So have, was that the black mist makes people fiercer and darker a version of themselves. So I just wanted to say that about that. Fair so enough. I just want to acknowledge you because I believe you said that before. And I think that that whole promo proved you right i think that's fair um and then we move through the martinez and hater thing and yes hater deserves to do something else um after that we jumped into the sheeta promo about serena deep yeah i'm sick of this shit i don't know about you guys i don't have anything to say about other than fucking i'm done let's go with something else go ahead I'm kind of done with it too, but I see where they're get. She needs to get revenge for getting her knee busted up. So, yeah, I think it. Like, I, I felt like I was done with it in the beginning before it even started, but it may at least make sense with the revenge element and how hard she's coming back. So, like, I like the fact that at least it's not just out of nowhere and it's not disconnected. But at the same time, we've already seen this for too long and we're ready for, like, I want to see Serena do other things. So Before we move on from this, there's something that I want to say about this, and it, it, it pertains to the business in general. And it's, it's a stupid thing that keeps happening. At the end of this promo, Sheeta says, I am going to cut her head off. Really? You're going to cut her head off? 
Really? I remember that. Yeah, I remember Come that. on, man. That made no sense. Let's be realistic. Say you're going to punch her in the mouth a bunch. Say you're going to put her in a hold and make her tap out. Don't say you're going to fuck cut her head off. Nobody believes that. Makes you sound stupid. And yeah. like you're trying, like, like, what, 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 what? No, you're not. No, you're <laughs> fucking not. Just like when people say, oh, you, you, you're going to, you're going to regret this when I'm standing over your lifeless body. How many times have you guys heard that lifeless? Really? You're going to murder them in the ring? No, you're not. Shut the fuck up. You might knock them out, <laughs> but they'll still be breathing. Come on, man. This makes it sound like you're destined to lose because yeah. you know you can't back that up. It's right. so stupid. There you go. But other than that, I, I don't like this feud anyway, so it just made it worse. Nice. So then we went to QT Marshall and Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Woo, woo, Keith Lee. This one was pretty cool. I like this. Um, I like the way that he fucking threw him out of the ring. <laughs> that was fucking fantastic. Um, you know, the double chops are great. The headbutt was great. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, you got fucking Camarado come out, try to step up to Keith Lee, and Keith Lee took mm -hmm. care of that shit. Aaron Solo was out there first, and he just Aaron, disappeared. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He was, he was like a fucking, like a, like, like, like a like a straw that was cracked and he was like oh fuck that i don't need that yeah, but uh, and then power bombed power bomb nick camarado man and yeah. just fucking slammed him man dude. like he weighed nothing like, like he was just a little paper doll just pack a pow <laughs> so i think this is great I, you know this is great obviously this sets up the big feud because hobbs came out and power slammed him you know what i mean which was pretty impressive that's what everybody wants to see, I think, is Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That's a match that I will watch no matter what I'm doing, where I'm at. I'm going to stop to make sure I see that. Oh, yeah. So that sets up the FT, FTW. Is that what they are, FTW? Yeah. Are they yeah. still that? They're Team Taz. I don't know. Who has that FTW thing? Does Stark still have that? I don't know. Yeah. Teams has the whole useless I mean, belt. he fucking folded Starks in half. Oh, that was it. It's <laughs> done. He's gone. And then him and Hobbs. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Keith Lee destroyed like 27 people before Hobbs got in there. So that wasn't a fair fight. No. Uh, I have my predictions about this. I want to see how it goes. Gotcha. Tammy, what's your thoughts on this one? Pretty oh much the same. Gosh. I just love Keith Lee. I just love, love, love. So I was like, yay, Keith, headbutt right away. I don't understand headbutts, by the way. But anyways, it hurts you too. So anyways, but it was right right off the bat and fierce. Good kickoff uh, ropes to Keith Lee and head by QT. I think I liked, I think QT at least showed some moves that you could actually legit use against a giant person like Keith. So I appreciated QT making this a believable match, you know. They, so I really like have to give it up to QT for that. But nothing made me happier than to see Keith Lee doing his thing. His debut and his little few matches he's already done has brought me so much joy. It just, I don't know why, but when that man comes out, the looks on his face, the energy he has, and then what he can do is just amazing. So he does it with happiness and joy. It's just so crazy. I love it. 
So, um, you know, Aaron Solo's distraction wasn't shit for Keith. No problem. You know, Camarado, bring it on. I loved it. You know, he was like, power bomb, power bomb, power bomb. You know, hey, Hobbs came out and got the best of him. I was a little surprised about that, but I think he can handle a rematch with that and take care of business. And you know what? I like both of them. So it was fun. Yeah. Brought me joy and happiness, this this match, for, for a lot of reasons nice Very so that, yeah that was good yeah so that's that's cool i mean i can't wait to see that match between hobbs and, and keith lee that's going to be a fun one so and then we moved on to swerve strickland versus tony niece <laughs> tony niece comes out to a whole bunch of booze which is good that means he's getting over as a heel so that's ah look at that so um this is the first time tammy and i've saw swerve uh <laughs> I was curious about that. Um, I liked him. Um, I thought I thought it was a cool match. I thought it was a good matchup with Tony Nese because I, I both think they have a very similar style. You can tell they have a very similar style to each other. Um, but yeah, man, Swerve was cool, man. So I can't wait to see some more stuff in the future and, and see where they take him on his storyline and what kind of what what kind of avenues and angles that they go with it. So, um, Tammy, what's your thoughts on uh, on Swerve? I wasn't like blown away by him or anything, but I thought he was fun. I thought this was a great wrestle. I thought they were both uh, a great, great match for each other. Great wrestle. This is a yeah, great well, wrestle. I love that. I wasn't sure who was going to win. At first, I was like, okay, they're going to give it definitely to Swerve because he's new and congratulations and all. But, you know, when they got in the middle of it, it was like, well, it could go either way. And I like when it can go either way. It keeps my attention more than kind of already being like, a, have this assumption of what's going to happen. So I thought it was a great wrestle. I wasn't blown away. Um, Swerves no Keith Lee, you know, like there's a strong competition here to blow me away. Keith Lee, like within like 10 seconds, I was like, I want to be his best friend. I want to hang out with him all the time. I want to see him wrestle every single day. You know, like when you have those kind of reactions to people, it's like other people, it's like just being a badass wrestler isn't enough anymore. <laughs> Again, I feel like an early, like a spoiled child. But um, I like, I actually liked this match a lot though. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I just love that I wasn't sure who was going to win and they were both strong and good. And it felt like, very plausible and that's it welcome right. swerve we saved chris for last go ahead man all right uh i love swerve mr 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 swerve means business um i i talked him up last week i think uh so here's the thing <laughs> i literally wrote in my notes i wrote niece is lame anyway so who cares um <laughs> I don't like Tony Nese. That's no secret. Uh, however, this match was decent. It was fun to watch. I think Nice actually did a really good job here complimenting Swerve's style. Um, so I, I knew that, that Swerve wasn't going to lose in his debut match, right? Um, and I think we got to see a little bit of why he's been so successful as a performer. He's, he's, he's not super unique in a way that like nobody does what he does, but he has a certain flair to where you, it's, if Swerve does a move versus somebody else doing the move, it's just a little bit different. It's just a little bit more 
it's got some more razzle dazzle for lack of a better term um that's the second time on this podcast i've said that uh yeah i'm looking forward to his future honestly i don't think um i don't think i expected much from a debut match i've learned that in aew when you have a debut it may not be the big pomp that you would expect like oh pow, 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 fireworks fucking pyro and everybody woo! it's not that always for a first time in aew sometimes it's just hey here's somebody who's on the roster they're not shit you're welcome and they leave you know what i mean like it's just kind yeah. of like a i belong here don't test me we're gonna move on now who's next it's that kind of a thing and that's okay. I'm yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, I I want to see Swerve with people like Darby Allen. I want to see Swerve with people like Lance Archer because I think that's a really cool dynamic when you get somebody like Swerve who goes up against a big monster of a guy. Um, I want to see Swerve with seasoned guys, um, people who've been around a long time, years in the business because Swerve has been in the industry for a while. Uh, and knows a lot about wrestling and, and can actually wrestle different styles. So I'm excited to see his, his career kind of go somewhere. Before I forget, Tammy, you said something about you fell in love with Keith Lee basically instantly. Can you imagine a world in which a company that Keith Lee was in didn't get his gimmick? Like they no, didn't I don't understand. understand where somebody literally said to him, and I heard this in an interview recently, you're too smart for your own good. The what? fuck? Are you serious? What do you mean? Because of his diction and the way he speaks and how eloquent he is as a big guy. Like it didn't, the two didn't go together. I think that's what makes him magical. What? You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah. That makes him who he is. And and I think kind of the same, same with Swerve. We're not just looking at a young, talented guy. We're looking at somebody who has many facets who can. What Uh-oh. happened? Uh-oh. Chris. So as I was saying, we're talking about somebody who can wrestle in a lot of different styles, somebody who has a lot to offer, multiple different types of viewers, casual wrestling fans, veteran wrestling fans, people who couldn't care less about wrestling. There's a lot there to take in. And uh, I can't wait to see moving forward what we can get out of not only Swerve, but a lot of these performers that have recently been signed to the company. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I like him too, man. And I'd like to see where he goes. I mean, not, like you said, not everybody's going to have that huge pop and that's, and that's, that's cool. They're going to, they're going to build that pop. You know, some, some guys are going to have to win over the audience. And, that's and I, I think I actually prefer that. I think yeah. I actually prefer somebody to come in that doesn't have all of the, the big, you know, everybody's loving them already from the get go. Like, not everybody who's going to watch AEW is going to get behind these people that that maybe have audiences from elsewhere because not everybody in the AEW audience cares about what's happening in other companies. Yeah, we're you're t- absolutely A lot of us are tired of the other companies and this is where we're going for like salvation. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully we'll get something fresh and new. Yeah. So this week coming up we got the big St. Patrick's Day jam. We've got uh, Brit in, in the in the cage match, Brit and Thunder in the cage match. We got Wardlow. We have an title. award show this week. Did you guys know that? No. Yeah, there is an when? award show. 
So they popped a segment for it. Um, when was the segment that they did? I think it's Wednesday at seven o'clock, an hour before Dynamite starts. It's the the AEW Awards, uh, and they're doing like best tag team of the year, best you know female performer for all this crazy shit. So that should be interesting. It's airing exclusively on their YouTube. Yep. So we'll check that out. So yeah, okay. awesome, great, great podcast, guys. Yes. That, that wraps it up for this week. We're looking forward to talking about next week. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, everybody, you know, hit the like button on YouTube if you like it. Send it to a couple other people. Subscribe. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, hit us up in the comments and we'd be more than happy to start talking about it. So until next time, we will see you. Peace.